who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Beyond. Beyond. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm senior editor of IGN, and this is Podcast Beyond episode. What episode is it? I already forgot. 309. It's 309, and I think we fucked up the episode numbers last week. I didn't because yep. I wasn't here. It was all us, yeah. The other person you hear speaking is Andrew Goldfarb, the news editor of IGN. It's me. And Andrew, so Ryan Clements and I, I remember Ryan Clements, right? He, he uh, used to work at IGN. He works at uh, PlayStation now uh, for the, uh, the Sony PlayStation blog, blog.us.playstation.com. Uh, and uh, we used to do a thing when Greg wasn't in the office called Fireside Chats which, of course, is something FDR used to do as well for things much more serious than video games. And uh, I figured since Greg is gone this week and uh, we don't know what to do without him, that we would do another fireside chat and you would take uh, Clements' noble and austere place in Podcast Beyond History as the co-host of Podcast Beyond Fireside Chats 5. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about yeah. it. I think these episodes are kind of fun and they're different because they're it's a little more pensive. Greg isn't loud because yeah. he's not here. He's being loud somewhere else right now. Could try calling him in, but I don't think it would work. No, no, let's not call him in. So I put out on Twitter a, a call for questions. We're not going to use any questions from the mailbag this week, but of course you can generally send your questions to beyond at IGN.com. Uh, and Goldfarb, let's start with some of the big news that happened this week, and we'll just jump right into it, and then we'll get into the questions. Sure. Is that all right? Yeah. We're not going to even do a real Roper report. No, 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 no. A little half-hearted one. Sure. Because uh, I didn't have time to write it. But we know what everything that happened this week. A lot of exciting things happened this week, starting with... The announcement of a new model of PlayStation Vita. So tell us a little bit about that, if you can. Uh, what I like is that it's the... Well, I'm going to forget the letters, but it's whatever, something CH2000. Uh, and I like that they're adopting kind of the PS3. It, it feels good. It, it feels like nostalgic to think back to when there used to be new PSP models every so often. And, uh, you know, the 1000, the 2000, the 3000 were such big iterations. And so I think, obviously, this isn't anything like going from the fat to the slim of PSP. But at the same time, it's um, it's cool. I mean, they're... They're cutting down their margins, so it's um, it has an LCD screen instead of an OLED. Um, verdict's still out, or jury's still out. Verdict can be out, too, Verdict can be out, yeah. Um, on whether or not that will look as crisp, I would guess it will not. However, the the plus side of that is that it'll be much cheaper to manufacture, and that translates to being cheaper for you to buy. Yeah, uh, that's what it all comes down to, right? It's yep. making the manufacturing cost cheaper so that Sony can make a little bit more of a profit on selling it maybe even cheaper. It's going to cost uh, the equivalent in the end of about $200 to like $190, actually. Yeah. Um, in Japan, it comes out October 10th over there. I talked to Sony today uh, to ask about when it would come out in the West and the States specifically, and they had nothing to say about it yet, so there's no given that that's going to happen. It reminded me a little bit, like I said in my story that I wrote about there, a little quote that they gave me that uh you know it was like right before the february playstation 4 event that they dropped the price of the vita in japan and it took six months for that to happen everywhere else yeah it's not quite equivalent because that price drop brought brought it into cost parity with the rest of the world but still we might have to be a little patient for the the uh, new vita model they probably have quite a bit of a stock actually to get rid of i wonder if they're <clears> gonna <throat> push it post ps4 or or maybe right around the time of ps4 when they start really playing up the uh like remote play and stuff like that because Shuhei told us in February that that would be ready on day one, but they really haven't said anything else since reconfirming that. And so if that's not day one, you can bet that they're going to start marketing it more and more after the launch of PS4, and that would be the smart time to 
introduce a new model, get people excited, have some kind of bundle or whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, we'll see. We'll you, see what are happens. you going to get one? I mean, you'll uh, get no, one. No, I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll probably import one, play around with it. Uh, I'm not going to have one. I like my OLED. Me too. Original I, run Vita. I think the Vita is perfect. perfect. I actually have a Japanese one, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's the same thing as the American one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's got a nice form factor. The new one is, I think, 15% thinner, 20% lighter, uh, an hour more battery life, uh, probably because it doesn't nice. use OLED anymore. Yeah. Um, and, uh, apparently I read online, I, I haven't confirmed this, that I got rid of that mystery slot on the Vita 2 that mm. we don't know what it was for and it never did anything. I don't really know like what the point of that thing was. Uh, the buttons are a little different on it. Um, yeah, they're rounded start and select. Yeah. And it looks nice. I mean, it does look nice. Um, and I, I want to get my hands on one, but. I really like the form factor of the Vita, and it's funny, you know, there were, like, new iPhones announced today. I talked about it with my iPhone 5, like, the iPhone 5 was so much thinner and lighter that I didn't like it. I have a case on mine because it, it's so – it doesn't feel flimsy without it, but I, I, it feels fragile without it, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want to break it, and I like having a little bit of heft, and I feel the same way with Vita. Like, I don't think that thing's going to be that thin and feel like it's going to snap in half or anything, but I also kind of like having a little bit of heft to it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Part uh, of that is I play at home rather than playing on the train all the time, though. Yeah, I play it more at home than anywhere, too. Yeah. Uh, although, on the way back from Germany, I was playing a lot of Velocity Ultra. That's a hell of a game yep. right there. And by the way, just in case anyone's curious, we did release our PlayStation best, you know, top 25 PlayStation 3 games last week, right? Yep. Uh, our Vita list is made, um, and we will be releasing that soon, I think, after TGS. So keep an eye out for that as well. Yes. I think it's, yep. like, late this month. Yep. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, the other big hardware announcement, of course, was PS Vita TV, which I, I don't think anyone saw coming. This no. this device Sony didn't leak anything. It, it's crazy. No, it's, it's like the first time in so long something like this didn't leak. It's very interesting. Uh, they um, God, they didn't really leak much about PlayStation Four either. I mean, when it comes, they, the controller leaked and stuff like that, but the right. name of it we didn't even like when it was called PS Four. That really surprised me. Actually, I don't. Um, you know, uh, I'll never forget being there in New York City. Um, I don't know if you remember the, the sizzle reel in the beginning. Like at the end, it was like it was like boom, boom, and it had like it had like the PS logo, and then they kept playing things like nothing came after it. And I was like, "Oh, you sons of bitch!" <laughs> um, but this, yeah, this new PS Vita TV device is about uh, the size of a deck of cards. They said Andrew Half said it was uh, the smallest PlayStation hardware they've ever done, and it is by far. Yeah, um, it's like barely taller than the Ethernet port in the back of it. It's really pretty remarkable. And the idea of this thing is that it's a Vita without a screen, so you can you can. Connect it to your TV, play v- up-res Vita games. Uh, not up-res, but bigger, stretched Vita games, I guess, right. uh, on your big-screen TV with a DualShock controller. It's got a slot for the Vita cards and for a memory card for Vita. But it's also uh, a conduit for remote play um, with PS4. And we don't know quite – we don't know. We don't have the whole picture of that yet. That's going to be added in with system, um, system update later. Uh, but it's $100 or $150 uh, yen equivalent in Japan. comes out this fall. Um, the $150 one comes with a memory card and a controller. Uh, so this is a kind of a cool little device. And what Scott yeah. Lowe was saying, our tech editor was saying, was that um, this is a device where you can buy one PS4 and then three of these boxes and just have them on every TV in your house and then play, play the same PS4 without moving it in any TV. I mean, that's kind of the idea. Yeah, I mean, that's a, like a really cool application for it. That's what's funny, right? Like, for me, it's called PS Vita, PS Vita TV. Everything but the Vita functionality is actually what interests me. So it's like I love what you just described. I like the idea of – like I don't own an Apple TV, but it's like if I can just use this thing for accessing Hulu and Netflix and all that stuff, that totally works for me. Um, I, I like – you know, I think it was – you were talking about this yesterday, but it's also been online. Uh, the idea of you know months or years from now or whatever when Gaikai is fully in effect, this could – theoretically become a $99 PS3 that lets you stream PS3 games, maybe even someday PS4 games. Like, all of those applications are really, really interesting to me. What's a little less clear to me is the actual Vita part of it, because, like, I have a pretty awesome digital library of Vita games. Like, can I access them through this? It has a physical card slot. Does that mean this can only play physical games? If it can, how will the touch the touch functionality work? I mean, on a DualShock 4, you would have a little bit of it, but, like, how would a very touch-specific game, that you, like Tearaway, how would you play that game on you would I mean I think that's yeah. I think that's kind of the case is that there is a list a pretty extensive list of excluded software that like will not work on PSV to TV I think uh, even big games like Gravity Rush there are some big games that are on that list I know Soul Sacrifice is getting uh, patched and I'm sure other first party games uh, maybe like Uncharted or something will get patched uh, if they don't have to pay the certification fee and stuff like that yeah. to get a new patch through and get it get it all upped and stuff like that so it is a problem. I'm kind of confused why they didn't just call it PlayStation TV. I agree. Um, exactly. That's what confuses me about it. Like, the, putting the Vita name in, like, it, obviously it has a Vita card slot, so it's, like, in the way that uh, a piece of hardware with a disc slot is automatically called a PlayStation 3 if it plays PlayStation 3 games. Like, that kind of mentality of it makes sense to me. But, um, yeah, I agree. Like, I, 
you know, maybe if they were to patch, you know, Uncharted to work with this and it re- removes all the touch functionality from it, you can play it with a DualShock like a like a regular PS3 game or whatever. Like, that would be awesome to be able to play that game as if it were a console game. I think that would be really interesting. But I don't know. Like, I, I like my Vita experiences on my Vita. Like, I don't, I don't feel like that part of it playing on TV is that interesting to me. It's more every other part of it that I yeah, really like. Yeah, I agree. It'll, we'll import that too. So we'll have, yep. we'll have uh, plenty of uh, information on that. Sold the rumor is already. that it's already sold out. So. Yeah. Um, at least on Amazon in Japan, so yep. that's that's uh, quite impressive. I don't know if they just stopped because like, we don't even know what we <laughs> we have in terms of supply yet. Um, the third piece of hardware related news of interest is uh, PS4 in Japan got a release date. Yep. It's February twenty second, twenty fourteen. It's what we anticipated that it will not come out uh, this year in Japan. There's no reason for it to come out in Japan this year. They're not yep. fighting over there. They're going to win there anyway. So why not take that allocated stock and bring it to the West where they're going to be fighting on the fields of digital battle with. Microsoft, uh, especially in the United States. Yeah, and I mean, it's true. It's uh, Everything's region-free. So, I mean, if, if people in Japan really want one, they could probably import anyway. But I think they, yeah, like you said, they they won in that territory. Like, they're good to go in that territory. Why limit their stock? Why can why hurt themselves in other territories to get stock to Japan? It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So this was a smart move. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Oh, the last thing, there's that last little hardware announcement too, right? Which one? The memory card. Oh, right. That's right. We forgot card. about that. A 64 gig memory card for... Vita, the cost equivalent of like a hundred dollars, right? Yeah, I'm so um, excited for that. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Again, no worry. I'm sure that'll come over here eventually. Meander. Now right that I could theoretically import that though, right? Yeah, I have a Japanese card. Mm, yeah, I want to do that. I'm gonna do that. Um, yeah, I think that's really exciting. I mean, it's it's funny these announcements. It was really interesting. I mean, we talked about this a little before it started. That even though you know they they put this caveat below it on the PlayStation blog, they were like, oh, this is like really about like a Japanese audience it's it's aimed at like the eastern audience but if you want to watch feel free to tune in but i think there were actually a lot of global implications to this to this stuff and like PS Vita TV is launching the day before PS4 in North America so it's like that's a really good indication that they're aiming to have that be global um they haven't said it yet but i, I think that's obviously a really sad bet yeah um I concur completely PS4 uh, interestingly is like 38,000 yen so it's about $400 um which is uh, awesome because that – so Europeans, especially in the UK, but also just Europeans generally paying uh, 400 euro or 399 euro and something like 350 pounds are, are way overpaying compared to America for yep. um, a $400 PS4. So we're actually getting it the cheapest, and it looks like the Japanese are also getting that really cheap model. So at least they get it. At least someone else other than the Americans um, get this really cheap PS4. It's a little more expensive in, in these other territories, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that all makes sense. That's all the hardware-related announcements. Uh, also, that Vita, that new Vita, by the way, the Vita redesign comes in six colors, which is cool. And it uh, does put uh, it. The price drop from Gamescom was to two hundred as well, right? Right. So that both models are the same price. Do we know yet? Have they said if they're phasing out the current Vita model? Then I assume that they are. Yeah. They, no, they haven't said that. I assume yeah. that that's what the case is. So if you are planning on getting a Vita, I mean, my my initial instinct not knowing much about like the parameters in which they're going to keep the other the oled vita on the on the market it's just get it now because you're gonna get the better vita i totally agree um, i mean i don't have a 3g model i have a wi-fi only model but like right now you can find a model with 3g for 200 bucks and it's like even if you never use it it's cool to have the option someday like that will become a thing of the past very soon i think yeah and and uh i i wonder if the if the Vita does take off a little bit or just kind of sustains itself, if this Vita, the OLED Vita, will become very similar to the backwards compatible PS3 that becomes like a very wanted piece of hardware on the yep. market. Um, just because it's a little bit better. But this new LCD thinner one might be awesome. We don't know yet. Yeah, um, we'll have to see it. If the screen looks as sharp, it's going to be really that extra hour battery life would make a big difference, I think. Yeah, me too. Uh, so, software. Um, off the top of my head, I, I think the two biggest announcements for me. Uh, were both Vita games. Soul Sacrifice Delta was announced. Uh, KG and Afune took the stage and announced it. Now, this is a new Soul Sacrifice game, but it's really not. I So, y- listeners might remember that back in, like, when Soul Sacrifice came out, KG and Afune came to IGN. I did an exclusive interview with him, and we broke the story that Soul Sacrifice 2 was going to come out, that he wanted to do it, and he was talking to Sony about doing it. This seems like Soul Sacrifice 1.5. This isn't Soul... I don't think this is a sequel. It comes out in March, so there's not nearly enough time for them to develop a new game. Um, I think it's just taking advantage of the fact that that game was very popular, especially in Japan. Uh, so it's got like some new features, um, and and that comes out, and that's cool. And Fantasy Star Nova, which I have no hope of actually coming out here, yep. um, is an offline fantasy, offline centric. You can play it with friends, but you don't have to. Offline centric Fantasy Star game that takes place in the Fantasy Star Online Two universe. So that's kind of cool. Um, I wish it was Fantasy Star Five. I wish it was like a little more old school, but 
Um, that was pretty exciting. So I, I think those two announcements were actually quite consequential to Vita owners in Japan because both the the predecessors to both those games were huge. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it was also um, yeah. I mean, there were there were a couple other interesting things. Like we we talked, we did a, a PlayStation conversation. You can find the site about um, uh, like Yakuza and a few of the other uh, like Wonder Flick and some of the other like kind of Japanese oriented things. But it's like. I wouldn't really hold my breath for any of those either. Like, maybe Wonder Flick, because Nino Kuni did pretty well here. Um, and if Level 5 wants to try and get that market again. But at the same time, having... That's a game. It's uh, RPG, but it has, like, smartphone integration some way. Um, that seems like it might be very specific to, you know, that region. Besides about those headphones. Yeah. I almost knocked something off the table there. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we're going to see necessarily that. I hope we see that... Um, uh, what the hell is it called? Natural Doctrine. What is it? That looks really cool. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Not, that's not the name. It's it's something like that. No, I think I think is that it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a strategy RPG from Katakawa. It's uh, that game looks um, like it can be really cool. It sounds cool. Just strategy RPG in general just gets me you know super excited. Um, and we don't see enough of those uh, on the consoles and handhelds anymore sure. where they belong. When you think about Final Fantasy Tactics or Tactics Ogre or Fire Emblem or something like we need more of those kinds of games. I front agree. mission. I wish they do a proper front mission again. I used to love that series. Um, yeah, I still and, just want tactics more than anything. You just yeah, said yeah, and not ta- on mobile, like a yeah, real, a real tactics, tactics, tactics too. Like a that'd be awesome. Y- y- no brainer. <laughs> um, and then what, God, what are the other ones? Um, it was like a new uh, mobile oh, suit Gundam, su- right? And the Suda game, uh, Lily Borgamo. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't which, know what that is. I don't know what that is either. I would almost, I, w- I would bet pretty good money that will eventually come here. Like in the same way that every Suda game kind of comes here somehow and uh, has its niche. I think um, until we know more, I wouldn't really know what to expect that. I don't know. I I'm I feel like a contrarian. I've, I've never really, like, I wasn't really that into No More Heroes. I haven't really been that into any of his games. Me neither. Uh, that just I means. mean, well, uh, No More Heroes is cool. I mean, I feel like the, the, the luster's kind of worn off with a lot of those games, and they're not doing well, um, yeah. you know, in terms of commercial success. So sure. what's the new one? Uh, oh, the... Uh, Killer is Dead. Yeah, Killer is yeah. Dead, which is bombing in Japan. I'm sure it's doing even yep. worse here. Yeah, um, it's Super Bowl here either. Yeah. Um, so is that it for pre-TGS stuff? Because then there's some Ubisoft stuff. I think so, yeah. Stuff. So you, yeah, you, there was a bunch of Ubisoft announcements of yeah. consequence. And very PlayStation-oriented. It was actually interesting. I commented to Marty that at both um, Gamescom and now at this digital event, everything was being demoed on PlayStation hardware, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so lots of DualShock 4. Um, uh, most exciting announcement to me is Child of Light which is uh, really, really cool. Uh, that was my favorite game of the bunch. It's uh, Patrick Plord and Jeffrey Yolam, who are the writer-director of Far Cry 3. Um, but it's as far from that game as you could get. It's um, a heavily JRPG-inspired side-scroller. Um, it's really pretty. It's in the Rayman Engine UB art framework. It's uh, like turn-based battles. And it just, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to explain until you just watch video of it. But I really can't wait for that game. That, that is probably one of my most anticipated games next year now. And uh, Assassin's Creed Liberation is going to migrate yeah. off of Vita and go to PS3 and Xbox 360 in an HD yep. form. Yep, PC too. Yeah, that was weird. That was um, that was both expected and unexpected. Like, I think uh, it makes a lot of sense because it, it a lot of people liked it on Vita. A lot of people liked the character of Aveline. And so I think it made sense to – they say they rebuilt it from the ground up. I mean, it looks way better if you look at the comparison pictures. And we played a little bit of it. And uh, – it does look not quite as good as like the console Assassin's Creed, especially since we were playing on PS4 recently. But um, compared to current gen Assassin's Creed, it's like pretty close. It probably looks as good as like AC One, you know, as like an early this gen uh, Assassin's game. And like that game has a lot of problems, but you know, it'll it's a digital game. It'll probably only be like fifteen twenty bucks. Like I think it's worth it, and I think it'll probably do really well for them. Cool. Um, um, yeah, it, it is a surprise because that Assassin's Creed Liberation is one of the best selling Vita games. Uh, it's probably close to a million units sold, and um, which is extraordinary considering how many Vitas have been sold. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, Ubisoft Sophia or whatever is, is, is the studio doing it, which same is the same studio. studio. And, yeah. and yeah, I mean, Assassin's Creed's blowing up so much recently that, well, not recently, I mean, for years, that they want to proliferate that series. It was surprising sure. that they did an exclusive to begin with, and I think that they probably weren't totally satiated money-wise with the money they made on the Liberation bundle and all that stuff, even though I'm sure the game was probably profitable, actually. I agree, yeah. I think, you know, why not appeal to the 360, PS3, PC install base? Sure. Like, they have so many more potential, like, buyers by doing that. For sure. Um, only other game I just want to mention really quick is uh, Valiant Hearts. That was, it's uh, World War One again, in the Rayman engine. It's a World War One game, side-scrolling 2D puzzler. Um, you kind of just have to see it to understand what it is, but it's... um. Five characters, they have these stories that intersect and cross over, and there's a dog is the only common element between each of these characters that connects them. And uh, 
looks really beautiful. We don't really know a ton about it. We know kind of the, the background of the characters, but not really necessarily how the story will progress. Um, this, the first thing I said to Marty after we played it was that that dog's going to die and it's going to be really sad. Um, but the game is cool. I, I'm really, really intrigued. And that's another one like Child of Light that I'm just like really excited to see. And that, those will both be on PS3 and PS4. Yeah, that game does look interesting. I will, I will give it to them, that game. That, well, uh, all of those games actually kind of sound exciting to me. Even yeah. Assassin's Creed on the, on the big screen. I wasn't, a, wasn't crazy about uh, Liberation, but um, I did like the setting. So yeah. I, I'm interested to see it in a high resolution. Agreed. Uh, so is that, that's basically all the news we've covered, right? Shall we, shall, we, yeah. shall we move on? That's the big stuff, yeah. All right, so let's go on Twitter. Uh, we asked you on Twitter to, to send questions specifically to Goldfarb. Mm-hmm. Uh about you know what you want us to discuss in uh, the Fireside Chats five here, and I think we've gotten quite yeah we got quite a few responses. Oh, yeah, many a lot of responses. Um, so uh, do you want to pick the questions, or would you like me to pick them? Um, I can be the arbiter of the okay, questions yeah, if you please, want. Please do. Let's see. Oh God, there's so much pressure. Um, actually, okay. So let's start. Let's start with Nick Charles at Positively Nick uh, says, "Will Persona Five be announced at TGS? If so, what console? My guess is Vita." Um, says he. I would assume if it is announced, it will be a PS4 game. Like, I, I don't see that as being portable first. You know, maybe the the most I can expect with that would be simultaneous PS4 and Vita. Yeah, I think I think it, it there's a good chance it would be announced. Um, I think it's PS3 and Vita. Um, you're probably, yeah, actually, you're, well, again, I don't know about Vita, but that is a very good point. Yes, it is almost certainly not PS4. You're right. Now, it will be the, PS3. The interesting thing about Atlas is that they, um, their internal studio has shown a propensity to make games for Xbox 360 since Persona 4, the original, came out. Catherine is on Xbox 360, and that's by the same team. That um, And, uh, you know, I think Arc System Works or whatever uh, helped to create uh, Arena, which um, also is on both consoles. I wouldn't be surprised if it was an Xbox 360 game as well, but I just don't see the point because that, that uh, specific series uh, is a PlayStation series. Uh, and... Uh, First and foremost, I think, and hardcore oriented to the Japanese audience that does not care about Xbox. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't quite, I wouldn't be surprised if it was on Xbox 360 as well. But I just, I, if I, if I had to pick two systems that it would be on, it would be PS3 and Vita. I agree. I agree with all of if that. If it was on Vita, by the way, that's a huge deal. That would be insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, my guess is that it eventually comes to Vita. Like maybe they even announce it for both, but it hits PS3 first or something. I agree. It's been in development for so long, or we've at least heard little rumors about it, that I would, yeah, you're, you're totally right on that. It's probably PS3. However, uh, I would definitely bet it's probably 360 and PS3 because Kingdom Hearts is on Xbox. That's the thing that kind of broke my brain a little bit about what I thought of this is a PlayStation franchise. It will always, it always be a PlayStation franchise. Like, that coming to Xbox kind of made me realize that, like, it just makes sense for people now to expand to the widest audience they can. Sure. Um, especially since we know Index is in a little bit of financial problems and porting from PS3 to 360 is probably not that complicated. So, I, I mean, I say that knowing nothing about it, but I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, it's it, certainly less complicated than suddenly making it next gen. Um, so I would guess probably on both, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. And yeah. Arena coming is a good testing ground for that audience to understand the story a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure how that game did, but yeah, I just... Yeah, it just... Atlas... You know, Dragon's Crown is an exception to the rule. I mean, Dragon's Crown is a PlayStation-only game, but... Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I think there's a good chance. I think there's a good chance we see it. That'd be I exciting. Oh, that would be amazing. It's uh, Mitch Dyer's a theory that Catherine was testing the waters for Persona Five to not be about kids, to be about adults. And you're like maybe in your late twenties, early thirties, and like a Persona game, you have all these relationships, but like you're going out drinking and you're dealing with these more adult problems. I think that would be incredible if that's what they're doing. That'd be great. I love Catherine. I wish they'd make another sim. Well, they can't really make another Catherine, I guess. Yeah. Um, do you want to alternate or am I picking all these? No, pick pick them. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Simon Cardi at SimCard777. Uh, probably SimCard, I guess. Uh, what's the first thing you're going to do when you jump into GTA V? Mine's a little, mine's a little dull. A good round of golf. Oh, a good round of golf. Well, I think we're going to have that intro. Like, hopefully it's not as long as GTA IV's intro sequence was where you really didn't have, yeah, the, have any choice. But, but once I can do whatever I want, I'm just going to see it all. Because there was an interesting map circulating on the internet today that overlaid GTA IV's Liberty City with um, San Andreas and, and GTA V. And the, the city – so um, uh, Liberty City itself didn't even cover – the urban area of GTA 5's map, and it's probably 10% of the full map. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's pretty it's pretty absurd. Now, with that taken, most 80% plus of the map in GTA 5 is rural or wooded or mountainous or, in other words, not a city. And I'm not sure, like, how much of this is really going to be that interesting. But 
Um, and you have to use a helicopter or fly around or drive an ATV or whatever it is you do. I haven't paid too much attention to the game. I saw it once um, behind closed doors, and, and uh, I was impressed with it. I was excited about it. I didn't think it looked aesthetically very good. Um, and I, I've been seeing the commercials, and it's funny. Like it's, it's funny how these things resonate differently with people. My, my girlfriend and I were watching football. They played a bunch of GTA Five commercials, and she's like, "Is that the real game, or is that just the cutscenes, or whatever?" And I'm like, "It's, it's those are the cutscenes." But when I was looking at it, I was like, "This game doesn't look good to me." Like I just don't, I don't, I'm not seeing it. You know what I mean? Sure, so. Sure. That's my one hang up on it, but man, like, so I go to TGS on Sunday. I'm, I'm gonna pre-order, just have it ordered on Amazon, delivered to me, and then when I get home that Sunday night, I'm gonna watch the Jets game, and then I'm gonna jump into uh, jump into GTA. I kind of it's funny because I spent a lot of time with GTA Four, um, and I'm excited for GTA Five, but I somehow keep forgetting about it. Like it's a week away, and it's like, like. It's so hard to forget about, like, Call of Duty or Assassins or these annualized franchises. I think GTA is, like, as big, if not bigger, of a juggernaut compared to a lot of those franchises. And yet we don't – we haven't heard about it for years until they finally announced this. So, like, I'm I'm this weird boat where, like, I've, I've seen the trailers and stuff. I think he did a, a rewind or two. But I also don't really know a ton about what's available to me in the core game. GTA Online looks awesome, but that's not available at launch. So it's, like, honestly, I feel like the first thing I'll do – yeah, like you said, after I get past, like, the equivalent of driving, you know, Roman to his house or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, once you're past that intro sequence, I probably will just drive around because I'm weird with next-gen games – or with next-gen games, open-world games, rather. Um, I <laughs> – like, it takes me so long, maybe even, like, 10 hours before I really feel like I know everything in the city before I'll jump into the missions unless I have to do some to unlock the map. Um, yeah, hopefully it's all open from the beginning. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm really excited about that game. Me like, too. I, I can't understate how – how much of a life-changing game a, a game like that is in terms of... And we don't know if it's going to be any good. Maybe it's not going to be good, but based on Vice City and San Andreas and 4 and 3, and, and like, they're just so fucking good yeah. that they they really are, like, a once-twice-in-a-generation kind of game. I yeah. felt the same way about Red Dead Redemption, Fallout 3, you know, oh, the Uncharted so games are infamous. Like, they, but, like, more so with Grand Theft Auto because they're just longer and meatier, and they have this whole online component now, and... Um, yeah, I'm super. I'm super jazzed. Like, I'm super, super jazzed about GTA, and and the fact that I've avoided it as much as I have makes me even more excited about it. Like, I don't know much about it other than that hour or so of the game I saw behind closed doors um, and the preview I wrote for the game. I haven't covered it at all. So, um, and I'm I'm happy that I didn't cover it at all. So, yeah, it, visually it'll be interesting seeing it up against you know Watch Dogs and AC4 and you know eventually Infamous, like these next gen open world games. Maybe the, it sounds like GTA Five is huge, which kind of excuses some of that. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting seeing. Like I played Watch Dogs at Gamescom on PS4. The game looks fucking great, and uh, I haven't seen GTA Five in person yet, so I don't know how it looks visually, like aesthetically, compared to that. But it's going to be weird having those games on store shelves next to each other and kind of see the value of graphics versus the value yeah. of a franchise that big. Yeah, we're gonna see. I mean, what we're gonna see with GTA Five is how many millions and millions and millions of copies I think so it's, yeah. it's going to be absurd how I'm, it'll be interesting to see if it beats Call of Duty I mean because it, it probably may. will it like, may. Yeah. but I mean it's it's they haven't since Call of Duty has become this big there hasn't been a GTA game so I think it'll right. be really interesting indeed um, that's a good point by the way Modern Warfare the original one came out in 2008 late 2008 yep. GTA 4 came out in like April of 2008 so yeah it's been a really long time because Modern yep. Warfare I think is the first like huge that was the first one that started it for sure yeah. and then I would actually say Modern Warfare. So is World of Modern Warfare War, Modern Warfare Two, and then yeah. uh, Black Ops One. I think Black Ops One is still the peak of the franchise, like as far as sales. I think um, maybe Modern Warfare Three topped it, like one of those two. Um, but yeah, certainly, like I mean, Modern Warfare One did like remarkably well and started this whole thing. But I don't think it outsold GTA Four certainly. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting seeing how these two face off. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, let's see. Graham Allen at GP Allen. What are your most anticipated and least anticipated games on PS4? Most anticipated game overall next gen is Resogun. Um, A lot of people are giving me shit about this. I don't think they understand Housemark very well if you're giving me shit about that. Uh, This is a very Super Stardust-like game, different rules. Uh, I played it pretty extensively. It's really, really fun. Um, That game's going to suck the fucking life out of me. Um, No doubt about it. Uh, Killzone's really fun too. Played it, you know, we played it in Germany and we've played it before, and now that game's gonna be really promising. Infamous is cool, uh, for sure. Um, the Order is mysterious. We don't know much about it. In terms of third party games, I think Watch Dogs looks fucking awesome. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm super excited to play Watch Dogs, and, uh, 
you know, th- there are a few other games, but I, I think that, yeah, I think Watch Dogs and Killzone and Rezogun um, are, are way up there for me. Also, I, I, I have to say, I think Dead Rising looks amazing. I, w- I wish I, ha- I was more comfortable spending $1,000 in a week in yeah. November because I'd buy an Xbox One immediately because I really want to play Dead Rising, but I'm going to wait, uh, buy an Xbox One later. Uh, but I'm excited Titanfall. about that. And Titanfall, I'm excited about too, but I'm still super confident Titanfall is coming to PS4. So not, not day and date, but a year later or something like that. They're just so hesitant. A lot of people are giving me crap about too. They're just so hesitant to say it's an exclusive. It already isn't an exclusive. It's on PC as well. But um, there's a, I, I linked some people in a comment section to a Eurogamer article where they were talking to the guys from Titanfall and they're like, we want to have it everywhere. And like, this is where we're starting, but we're going to have Titanfall everywhere. I mean, they, they were basically saying the exact opposite of it being an exclusive. And so yeah. I'm confident that Titanfall will be a reason to buy Xbox One off the uh you know right off the bat when it comes out but patient enough and maybe we'll get titanfall on ps4 as well so um so yeah dead i think dead rising looks fucking dope and I've, i think rise looks good too but i'm not hearing good things about it so um yeah so yeah that, that's up to me but yeah the, the one singular one singular game resogun for sure any so he has most and least anticipated anything you're just not oh uh least anticipated there's a lot of crap probably coming to these consoles i mean yeah. I, we've already seen some of these games a lot of there, there's a lot of great indie games but a lot of shovelware is probably going to come to these too sure. so this is the thing with easier development with ps4 being so easy to develop for um there's gonna be a lot of crap now like and we don't have the nintendo seal quality thing going on like <laughs> the five published games a year rule that nintendo used to do with konami and all those companies back in the day um and Capcom and all those guys. So I, I, I fear the glut of games. Um, I think the cell processor was almost a, a blessing in a way because it kept people away from PS3 that like didn't have the wherewithal to make the game. And so like if the game was bad and there's a lot of bad games on PlayStation Network, at least they put the time and effort into it. They just didn't shit it out on the PS3. And so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a little wary of that. So I, I but you know we're not seeing the, the good news is that that's good news and bad news. The, the good news is that well, studios aren't bothering us with the games that they don't think are worth it, and uh, the games that they're showing us seem to be worth it. Um, I agree. With, I think yeah. so far, you know, it's it's funny sitting here thinking about this. Like, I agree. There's there's no like one game. I'm like, ugh. Like, I'm I can't believe that piece of garbage is coming. Like, honestly, like, and obviously in a demo environment, they're only going to show you the best stuff. Like, some of these games are going to be bad when they come out inevitably. But I agree. There's no like one PS4 game I'm announced. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to play that piece of shit. Like that that hasn't happened for me yet. Um, most anticipated is a lot harder for me than than that because. Uh, I mean, my it like gone to my head. My immediate answer is Infamous. Like that is, if I wasn't buying a PS4 at launch, I would buy it for Infamous. And I know like Mitch is waiting for that. He's gonna wait until February or whatever. Um, Infamous is the big one for sure for me. Um, at launch, I'll play all three of the first party games. Though I actually, I, I will probably play Need for Speed, but I'm also interested enough in Drive Club that I just want to see what it's all about. I trust Evolution enough that I, you know, I feel like it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle of all these racing games coming out, but. It is. It is going to. I mean, especially compared to GT. Like, I think Gran Turismo is sort of its worst enemy in a lot of ways. Um, but then there's also, you know, obviously Forza, Need for Speed, uh, the Crew. Like, all these things are coming out. Um, I I think Drive Club, being from a first party Sony studio, I would like to dive into it and see if it's special or not. And so I'm, I'm excited to try Drive Club. Uh, the stuff I really want to play more of, though, like Knack, I've played it now at Gamescom, at E3, like, both times. I really love that game. It just has a lot of charm to it, and I'm, like, a big nerd for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it does. It's so funny, right? Like, I mean, I, I feel like my go-to answer should be, like, Call of Duty, Watch Dogs, Assassins, and I'm going to play those games. But, like, for me, like, stuff like Hohokam, stuff like the the artsy, interesting games are always what I just kind of am more interested in. Um, and I think with so many indie games coming, I'll get a lot of that. Um I'm excited for Rhyme. I'm excited for a lot of the stuff they showed off at Gamescom that's probably still a ways off. But, yeah, I mean, Next Gen's exciting to me. I, I like that we're kind of starting fresh. I agree. Sorry, I had a hiccup. No, it's fine. Uh, I yeah. thought you were just going to vomit all over the table. Dri- Drive Club I'm not going to play just because I don't care about racing games. I'm not going to pretend sure. like I care about them. Knack is, I think, really going to be cool. Like, I, I, like, people are so skeptical and almost mean about that game. I don't quite get it. You know, like, I think that knack's not gonna blow you away i don't think that that's set up to blow you away i just think it's like fun you know like it's it's just a silly little platformer you know it's not like this serious kill zone game or anything like that you just gotta take it for what it is so um and it's also not like it's one of those things and they've said this a billion times but i feel like people don't want to listen to it like when you look at it like sure if you just look if you're just walking by someone playing knack like yeah i guess it doesn't look that much visually better than maybe a ps3 game does but the point is more of the little 
like under the hood tech things it can do like when he breaks apart into a thousand particles and yeah, that would blow your ps3 back together yeah, yeah exactly like that's the kind of stuff that's really cool about it um but i like little platformers i don't know like I, it's the same reason i want to play like like i played through sly 4 and I, I will play through like if they were to ever make a jack 4 i would totally play through yeah. it like that's the kind of stuff i want to be playing alongside the kill zones and the watchdogs and the gtas and all yeah that i think it, i think it's a nice mixture also knack has the the Watch Dogs, I guess, is technically the first next-gen game we ever saw, but in terms of confirmed, like, we know what we're looking at, next-gen games, Knack is the very first one we ever saw. So yep. um, there's something cool about that as well. I agree. Um, there's a quick question from Jed Anderson, 17Jed. Uh, is the Kingdom Hearts HD review coming? I believe that is coming today. Yeah, I heard it's coming um, today as well. Yeah, we just had a little bit of a hiccup, but I, I think it'll be coming today, maybe tomorrow at the latest. Um, Colin, mm. Mike Wiley, Renegade Willie says... NHL 14 released today. Uh, are you going to dive in, put some work with Tavares? No, I'm not going to play this year. Um, I've, I think I reviewed three, two or three of them in a row. I didn't review it this year. Um, I'm going to step away from it a little bit. Uh, it's just one of those games where I play like hard for a month and I just never play it again. I just, I just, there's just too, it's too busy a year for I me agree. to be jumping in these games. I got to kind of choose my my games wisely. With GTA out, you know, when I get back from TGS and all this stuff, it's just well, where's too the much. time? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really it is. I have my backlog is so big at this point that I'm like, when am I like ever going to play like Payday Two? I'm like really excited for Payday Two. I would love to jump into Payday Two, but it's like with so many things still coming. Like, when am I going to sit down and play that game? It's it's hard. Um, okay, Nathan Lewis asks: Chances of Dissidia Vita being announced at TGS? Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't. I I wouldn't count on it. I don't think we'll see it. Yeah. I think uh, if one happens, I think it'll be. After the Vita picks up a little bit, I, I would say year or two away. Yeah. Like, I also think they're going to want to do it, like, you know, when uh, the second Dissidia came out, like, Lightning was added and stuff like that. I think they're going to want to maybe even wait until after 15 and, and get some of those characters in or something. Yeah, I'll also say real quick, just talking about TGS and, um, you know, Square and a lot of other companies were there in kind of a token way showing off some of these games. Very exciting that... They got all this stuff out of the way. It's a good sign, I think, that we're going to get some pretty big announcements at TGS. If they had a clear, like, PSV to TV especially, it would be something you'd think they would wait and show yeah. there. But the fact that they got rid of some of these announcements is a good sign that they're clearing the plate. A I lot agree. of people were like, why are they showing everything now? They don't have anything else to sell. I get the exact opposite. I think that they have plenty to show, and so they're trying to just get it out of the way so they can focus <laughs> on the big that. things. I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I think um, let's square finish... Uh... Final Fantasy X and ten two, and then they can start on Dissidia. Yeah, not looking good on, that, on getting those this year, by <laughs> I, the way. Yeah, I cannot believe that we still don't have a release date and that they're still saying 2013. Like, at this point, like... Are they? Because I, I, I was yeah. reading rumors that saying, like, that's not going to be ready this year. Well, yeah, that rumor's been going around for a while, but, at, I mean, at the press conference, like, on, in official terms, it's still said 2013 when they were talking about it, yeah. when they were talking about the special branded new Vita I'm stuff. excited about that. I'm excited about that game. Um, oh, God, no, I am too, for sure. I, I, I'm not even a fan I, of 10. I just want to play it again and see what, see what I missed. That'll be Vita uh, for me, for sure. Not three. How are we doing on time? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how to read any of this. This is what, okay. we, this is what we need, Greg. It's been six and a half hours. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. There's Let's do a few more. Questions. Uh, Leo, Blue Star Pandal, do you think Sony will ever... Panda, sorry. Do you think Sony will ever allow us to change our PSN names? I yes. I say yes. Yeah. I think it's much more complicated than we think. And, yeah. And I think it's, you know, I think it's for, you know... we All right, so... I'll give, give him a little anecdote, right? Like we had, we used to have this, um, we used to have a CMS here at IGN. We use like a different CMS now the last few years. We used to have a CMS that we kept using, not because we liked it, but because it was so complicated to unravel everything from it that um, any minor changes made to it would break the entire thing, right? Because it was so old and, and we were using it for so long. It was a legacy system. And so, you know, you change one thing or you try to unravel one thing or do something new and everything breaks, right? So, like, it was very hard to do it. Like, very hard to make minor changes. Like, we couldn't make minor changes to it. That's why we finally, you know, it was a big to-do to get onto a new CMS for us. Yeah. I, I think it's very simple. clarify really quick. CMS is, like, our – it's content Co- management. It's, right. like, what we write our articles into publish them. Right, right. So, it's, like, the back end of the, of the website. Yeah. Um, and it was a big, complicated thing. It took years for us to spin out and, and, and do, like, the things that we take for granted and be, be able to do in our articles now, like, were minor changes we could not make in the old CMS without breaking everything. And I re- so I, I tell you that because I think, I think it's very similar with the PlayStation Network. I think when it was designed for PSP and then for PS3 that um, changing the names is just really complicated. Like, they, there must be some bra- – like, they're not stupid, right? Like, it, they know they can not only do that and, and make people happy but charge for it. And, like, it's just free money for them, just like Xbox does. There must be a reason why you can't do it. And I think that they'll, much like they, you know, there was a time when we couldn't see our PS3 trophies on Vita and they had to rewrite a bunch of stuff and make it happen. They did. Um, 
I think we'll have that eventually. I hope so because you know a lot of people. I'm happy with my name, but a lot of people made a name for PSP or PS3 six, seven years ago, and they're like, I, I hate this name. <laughs> like, but all my games are attached to it, and yep. my trophies, trophies are attached and, to it, yep. and I can't. They know they'll figure it out. I, the PS4 kind of gets halfway there by letting you change the, how your name appears. Yeah. Um, but I think eventually we'll be able to change our names, and I suspect they're not talking about it yet because they don't have an answer of when it's going to be available. But they know it's a problem. They're not. They're not. You know, they're not stupid. Yeah. No, I agree. I think. Uh... They understand that a lot of people want it, and I think they also like, like you said, like why would they turn down the free money that could come from it? Right. So, and it's going to be a lot of money. Like they're going to make a lot. But, but the the CMS analogy is for like unintended consequences of changing your names. Like it'll break something that they don't even know exists in their code. That's the problem. Or it'll be like, uh, I mean, think of it like even when people change their Twitter name or whatever. If you then tweet at that name, it's not like it automatically tells you like, oh, this person changed their name. It, It just goes to a dead Twitter account. And so think of it that way, right? Like. You don't want – like I'm sure there's some kind of problem maybe where they – if you change your name, like messages won't be rerouted. Friends list won't, won't carry over. Maybe it like can't just migrate that easily. So I'm sure there are problems that we couldn't possibly understand. Um, and it's worth noting, by the way, in Japan, you can already change the way your name appears, and that's been the case for a long time. So we know that, yeah. that that's not really new tech on PS4. It's the changing of the root. That, that's the big deal. Uh. IDS616 asks, ever suffer from post-platinum syndrome? Uh, achieve that lofty goal only for the rest of your game shelf to become un- uninteresting. Um, for me, I've it, it's not even specific to gaming. Like, when I finish, like, a really good book, and you're like, ugh, like, then, then you try to go to something else. It can be really hard. I yeah. think uh, sometimes you just want that thing to never end. But, I mean, with games, that happens, too. When I finished Persona 4, like, when I got that platinum and put that game down, I was like, how do I play can't believe something you, else? I can't believe you've been platinum that game. Oh, it's so good. Um, you gotta play it. I can't wait till you play that. I will. I'm just you know, it's just sitting there waiting, yeah, waiting for the, the right. That's time. like such a good game to finally discover that game in like a year. Whenever you get to it, is, is like such a yeah. Treat. I know it's gonna be good, and I'm it's excited like about a little it. Just, treat under your pillow that you can find later. But it's just there's all these other things tearing me in a different direction. You know, of course, no. Of and course. yeah, I uh, I get that feeling sometimes. I'm I'm excited to finish games sometimes, though, especially platinums and move on to the next game. We have such a we all do. We all have such a, a backlog of digital and retail games to play, and it's it's difficult to keep up with all of it sometimes. So it's almost a relief sometimes to finish a game. I feel that way sometimes when I'm just like, I just want to beat this game to beat it. What was a game that I played? Like, like Remember Me was a game like that. Like yeah. I platinum that game, but I was like, I'm just doing it because I want to play the game. I'm just going to do it and just get out of the way, and I never have to worry about this game ever again. Yeah. Um, Especially for yeah. us specifically, it's a little different because we kind of have to play everything. like Or at least, obviously not literally everything, but we have to keep like a pretty good grip on what's important in a given year because we're going to have to come back to it for game of the year so like maybe remember he's not a great example but like like i need to play nino kuni before the end of the year like that's a game that's in my backlog that like is constantly at the top that i know as soon as i find time i need to sit down with yeah that's a game uh it's gonna be a game of the year candidate i believe we'll see yeah yeah let's do a couple more questions oh my god here i'm gonna refresh and get some new ones because i've been going through the original list here Um. Oh my God! Fill some time. Here we go. Uh, Christopher Sims, do you think we'll ever see a Spyro or Crash game on Vita? Up to Activision. Yeah. No, <laughs> probably not. Uh, well, Spyro. I mean, Skylanders, but I don't think I don't think you'll see a Skylanders game on Vita. Uh, yeah. Activision is way too business savvy to even bother with the Vita. And, and those those well, IPs are dead. Well, but we say that actually, but that rumor happened where. Uh, Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man is going to come to Vita. It was on the ESRB ratings yesterday, so they yeah. haven't talked about it yet. But maybe, maybe they're you know they're finding ways to nickel and dime Vita a little bit. But uh, Crash and Spyro, as they were, are dead. I mean, they they could be revived one day. They did revive Spyro with Skylanders, but it's not about Spyro anymore. And he's not uh, even mentioned anymore. Yeah, I mean, like the the Spyro figure from the first game will still work with the game, but yeah, like that is no longer a Spyro game for sure. Yeah, which is kind of sad. Like I, I find that a little sad when yeah, I really it's just they're not it. relevant. I mean, sometimes you got to move on. I mean, Crash. Crash uh, is irrelevant now. Like yeah. I, some some things are left better in memory, I think, than trying to revive them. I mean, some things just don't work anymore. You know, Crash is special because of the time and place in which it, it worked. Yeah, which is sure. the mid to late nineties. Yeah, uh, when games like Knack were commonplace. Yes, indeed. Um, a friend of the show, Miranda Sanchez. She was at. Uh, she won the uh, Sweet Tooth oh, statue yeah. at Beyond Three Hundred. Um, Tons of PS4 games are coming to Vita, so I feel like I can hold off on getting a PS4. Do you guys Sony? Do you guys think Sony will continue to release games on both? No, I mean these the games they're releasing on Vita can run on a Vita, so they're not really like next gen quality games right. in terms of their fidelity. I'm sure they're going to be you know a lot of these games are going to be very fun, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that's a reason to hold off on getting a PS4. I think it's uh, you're not going to be able to play 
you play kills on mercenary on your Vita, you're not going to play Shadowfall on <laughs> right, your Vita. Right, or Infamous or any yeah. of the AAA. Yeah, I mean, I think we had this conversation with uh, PS3, I think, was more... It was more the opposite problem. I think it was more that the PS3 install base is so big that when Vita games were going the other way, when Vita games like Sound Shapes came to PS3, there was no incentive for anyone to buy hardware because they could have a, you know, 70, 80 million people, whatever, had a PS3, could play that game anyway. They didn't need to invest in new hardware. I think going into next-gen... You don't really. You have kind of the opposite thing going on, right? Like I don't. I don't think it hurts PS4 at all to have the experience exist on Vita because no matter what it is, Hohokam or whatever is going to be in higher fidelity on PS4. Like you know, Guacamelee and uh, Dragon's Crown, all these games that were PS3 and Vita, like they obviously look so much better on PS3. It's just that you have the option to play it on Vita yeah. to to have it on the go. Yeah. Well, so I think they'll keep doing both just because I think it actually, in some ways, helps the Vita to make sure that. Um, Big stuff is coming. For sure. And remember, every PS4 game is technically playable on Vita. Yeah. Um, so, and that's through, you know, remote play and, and Wi-Fi and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think PS4 is going to have its own robust ecosystem. You're just not going to be able to play Watch Dogs or, yep. you know, the crew the or whatever you want to play. And, I mean, again, because of remote play, yeah, of course, exactly. You you can still have it on the, the Vita screen if you want it for some indeed, reason. Indeed. Um, Dylan, uh, do you think – oh, sorry, at 2 so wheat. Uh, do you think Vita TV will hurt sales of the Vita? No. I think it doesn't matter, right? Like, I, I what I'm wondering is if Vita TV will be counted as Vita sales, um, especially Media Create mm, um, numbers in Japan. Um, but no, I don't I don't think so. I, I, I think that it will help. It's a $100 Vita. It's a yeah. Vita that's half the cost of a regular Vita that you can hook up to your TV. So if you it have an aversion... software sales. If yeah, exactly. Else. If you yeah. have an aversion to playing a handheld, some people do. Some people don't want to play it. Some people have no reason to buy a handheld. They want to play a game on TV. Then yeah. I think this thing appeals to you. I'm interested to see how it does. If anything, I think it helps or it's a non-issue, but I don't think it's going to hurt. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think um, it would be great if it actually made more developers interested in developing Vita games because they know that there is suddenly this whole new kind of audience that will get into it. And I think... Like, it, it's sort of like a really smart Trojan horse for them because if a bunch of people buy this thing hoping to play their PS4 in multiple rooms and then suddenly they're like, oh, it has a Vita card slot. I don't have a Vita. I kind of want to try Killzone Mercenary or whatever it is. Like, I, I think it can only help. Um, Christopher Garcia, despite the Coke Zero mobile game, do you think PlayStation All-Stars is dead? Yes. Yeah, it's dead. Yeah. I think they'll go back to it eventually. I, I, I think there's a possibility they go back to it with another developer eventually. They, there's an idea there. Uh, there's problems with All-Stars and... I think it's a great game, but, you know, there's a problem inherent with All-Stars in that, you know, Drake and Sackboy don't have the same draw as Mario and Blink, and, yep. and that's just the way it is. And, and you know, the game sold over a million copies between PS3 and Vita, so it's, a, it's, a, it's probably made money, actually, but it's just not enough for them to, you know, I just wish they gave it another go immediately, but... Um, you know, tried something different. Uh, but, no, yeah, All-Stars is dead. All-Stars is dead. Yeah, which is a shame because I do think that's potential. I think maybe later, way later down the line, I, I agree. I can see them, maybe as they get some bigger franchises, maybe as things take off on next, like, you know, when Knack sells its 25th million, yeah, oh, 25 yeah, no million copies, you know, I can see them wanting to have Knack <laughs> right. up the, uh, no doubt. the new PS All-Stars roster. No but, doubt. no, like, for real, I think... Um, I think it, there are so many factors that could make them want to do something like that, to to want to do some kind of, like, roster fighter based on, like, big characters, if those big characters get bigger and exist. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we'll see. Um, oh, I saw one I wanted to finish on. Wait for it. Wait for it. God, there's so many questions, and they're coming in so fast. Um, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We're running out of time. And that's it. You think I should be just no, the end? No, oh, if you have a question, find it. Oh, I saw I saw a really good one. You're wasting mm. everyone's time. I know, I am wasting everyone's Hey, guys, so uh, what do you guys think of that uh, Child of Light? <laughs> yeah, I can't find that question. All okay, right. well, well, I guess we can end it there. Okay, cool. Womp, womp. Uh, that was episode 309, right? 309, yes. Uh, two episodes away from episode 311. Uh, I will be at TGS next week. I will be leaving on Sunday, and I'll be gone for a week. Uh, so next week's uh, TGS-centric Podcast Beyond will feature Greg Miller and uh, Andrew Goldfarb, and I'm sure Brian Altano, Altano. and some other guests. He's, he's mad he wasn't here. Uh, so this has been Fireside Chats 5, an ode of our good friend Ryan Clements now at Sony PlayStation. Uh, so there's a few things that we need to take care of before we go, Goldfarb. Okay. A, you can email us regularly. Don't tweet us questions anymore. Stop. Don't do it. Yep. The end. Uh, until we stop. ask, but don't do it anymore. Uh, beyond <laughs> at IGN.com for questions. Not for the I mean, you can ask us questions. Yeah, 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 but just not, for, not the for, podcast, the podcast, for the podcast. Specifically for the podcast. Yes, if you want them read in the podcast. I'm just too lazy to go through the mailbag, frankly. I'll let Greg handle <laughs> that. Uh, 
so, yeah, email us at beyond at IGN.com. You can find us every Tuesday uh, with a new episode of Podcast Beyond. We never miss a Tuesday, almost ever. Yeah, it's been uh, a long time. And uh, you can find us on I- uh, iTunes. You can rate us on iTunes. We are one of the biggest video game podcasts in the world on iTunes, and that's really nice. So we thank you for your downloading on iTunes and for rating us on iTunes. And so definitely find us there. And of it's course, not even just us. You tweeted the other day: NBC has mm-hmm. grown, GameScoop, yeah, uh, four, unlocked. four IGN podcasts are in the top ten uh, video game that's podcasts. So, crazy. Um, so that's exciting. You can find me on Twitter at No Taxation. You can find Andrew Goldfarb on Twitter at Garfep. See, that's not very hard. Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. Uh, People think it's because he starts with my name. So he says Andrew Goldfarb is Garfep, and the double Gs mess him up somehow. Yeah, well, that's something. Uh, Greg's uh, away on business right now, but uh, you can find him, as always, on Twitter at GameOverGreggy. He has over 100,000 Twitter followers now. That's very scary. So famous. But we're real proud of him. You're getting to 50. Yeah, I'm almost at 50, which is even more scary. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you can, of course, come to IGN, read the articles, watch the videos, enjoy the content. Um, and until next time, go for How do you think I shut this thing off? You think I hit the space bar or do you think I hit record or do you think I hit stop? Because I know if I do one of these things, it deletes the whole it's going to delete the whole podcast. I would guess based on how like avid works when we do like rewind theaters and stuff, right. I think you just tap the record button again and that stops. The Are you confident in that? I'm pretty confident. If, if nothing happens, try stop, but I'm going to say start with record. Okay. Uh, so by the way, there's no bumpers on this podcast cause I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so there's gonna be no song afterwards. As you notice when you started listening to the podcast, there's no intro. Do you want to rap? Do you want to rap something for the end? No. I, do you? No, no, I really not, don't. Not I really don't. I don't know. Right. I'm kind of tired. I just want to get yeah, back to my desk. It, we were, yeah, we were up late. All right. I'm going to hit the record button. Uh, you may, you know, if you hear this, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, then this doesn't matter. Okay. Beyond. Beyond. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.